Global oil prices continue to fluctuate after hitting the highest levels since last November on extended production cuts by Saudi Arabia and Russia, the world's top two oil exporters. Now, leading benchmarks for crude oil, Brent crude and U.S. West Texas Intermediate all soared to a 10-month high last week, again stoking fears of further price hikes and inflation. Let's talk more about its possible impact on the Korean economy with Professor Yang Jin-sok at the Catholic University of Korea joining us on the line. Good morning, Professor Young. Good morning. Thank you for joining us. So the sharp gain in oil prices come after Saudi Arabia and Russia announced they will continue to voluntarily trim their oil production cuts by a further 1 million barrels per day through the end of 2023. Can you first help us understand what's behind their supply cuts and why is it happening now? Okay, well, let's look at how the uh, oil prices have gone for the last two years or so. It's not quite a roller coaster ride, but there's been a really high highs and low lows. Uh, after running higher than $100 per barrel last spring and driving global inflation, uh, oil prices started falling from a high of $120 per barrel around August 2022. Then it fell all the way down to $70 per barrel in March 2023, then oil prices stayed around that $70 per barrel for most of the spring this year, uh, but oil prices started rising in July, and except for a two-week decline in early August, price of oil continued to steadily rise since then, although there has been obviously some volatility. Currently, the uh, price for West Texas Intermediate is about $87 per barrel, uh, Brent. Uh, which is uh, what uh, Korea buys, is about $90 per barrel. Uh, and, uh, now, uh, OPEC countries led by Saudi Arabia and Russia uh, have been trying to prop up the price of oil since uh, oil prices started falling last fall. They've been continually cutting supply, but at that time, they really failed to uh, keep the uh, price of oil up. And the reason for that failure was thought to be uh, first, global economic slowdown, uh, even with the cut in supply, the demand fell faster because the uh, economic activities around the world was falling faster. Uh, and uh, especially China, which is the largest importer, they had their shutdowns and lockdowns last year. So that uh, drove demand down perhaps faster than the cuts in supply. And then the second reason is that there were some non-OPEC countries, uh, non-OPEC oil producers, mm. which uh, increased uh, supply. So that undid uh, partially uh, some of the supply cuts that uh, Saudi Arabia and Russia had. Uh, but the question is, it didn't work then. So why mm. is it working now? Right. And the uh, uh, answer seems to be that Russia and Saudi Arabia just kept on cutting and cutting. And now the uh, production perhaps is uh, has cut, been cut large enough so that the economy can feel it. Some uh, analysts also feel that even though we think of uh, global economy as still being very, very slow uh, and it's not getting uh, too much uh, growth, is not getting too much faster, there is some increase in activities. Russia, for ex- uh, excuse me, China, for example, is... Uh, uh, finished with their shutdowns and lockdowns. So that activity is increasing the supply of oil. Uh, excuse me, the uh, demand for oil. Uh, so that is pushing the prices up. My own suspicion, 
uh, I think those uh, the uh, increase in global economic activities, as well as continual cuts by Russia and Saudi Arabia, uh, does have an effect. But I think an additional point uh, is perhaps uh, speculation and the uh, uh, hot money, the uh, so-called short-term capital moving into oil for now. Uh, if you remember, the uh, United States ha- uh, government bonds had their ratings cut. Uh, the uh, global outlook doesn't look very good for a moment. So perhaps the money is being driven into commodities rather than uh, into the stock markets or real estate. So that may be uh, giving the oil prices an extra push. Now, why does Saudi Arabia and Russia still focus on keeping the price of oil uh, high? Well, for Russia, the need for revenue is obvious. They're stuck in the uh, invasion of the Ukraine. They're burning money at the moment, so they need all the cash that they can get. But what is behind Saudi Arabia and some of the other uh, Middle East uh, OPEC countries? Well, uh, perhaps they're thinking that this is the last hurrah for oil. What I mean by that is that a lot of analysts think that uh, because the advanced countries and even the developing countries are now moving out of fossil fuels because of uh, climate change, uh, people, uh, the countries, the global economy is going to move out of burning oil. So this is the last chance that the uh, Middle Eastern oil producers can uh, get a, a large amount of revenues from oil uh, before the uh, global economy moves into mm. cleaner energies like solar and cleaner uh, uh, cars like electric vehicles. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and these Middle Eastern countries are uh, realize that and they're trying to move into areas other than oil production. So we see things like uh, du- uh, UAE trying to make Dubai an international uh, business center, mm. and we see Saudi Arabia trying to make Neom City uh, the uh, large uh, city that they can also use as a business complex. Uh, so uh, they need a lot of capital to finance uh. these type of investment moving out of fossil fuels, moving into cleaner fuels, moving into other industrial areas. So that's why they're trying to get as much money as they can while they can. Uh, while oil's last hurrah, they do, just need to rake in as much money as possible. So that's one of the many reasons that you're citing. Uh, thank you very much for that analysis, Dr. Yang. Now, fears are prevalent in markets amid soaring oil prices ahead of the U.S. government's release of the CPI, the Consumer Price Index. Uh, so how do you gauge its impact on the Korean markets and exchange rates so far? And what's expected ahead in the coming days and weeks? Okay, well, the uh, rise in oil price was the main reason for uh, Korean and global inflation last year. Uh, But oil prices were also primary reason why Korea's trade account were in deficit for 2022 and the first half of this year. But perhaps you can point out some more subtle points. Uh, Because the government uh, refused to raise the price of electricity and lower the uh, taxes for gasoline, ironically, consumers may have used more electricity and drove more increasing the amount of oil imported and worsening the trade deficit, especially for electricity, because the government kept the price of electricity too low for too long. KEPCO, the uh, Korean uh, electricity producer, has run up record losses, which had to be financed through uh, bond, and that crowded out the uh, private 
bond market, so a lot of construction companies couldn't borrow money from the bond market. Uh, now, uh, the uh, problem of KEPCO uh, may be, have become uh, perhaps uh, may will last longer uh, than expected, or uh, if uh, it, the government had allowed the prices to run up last year, uh, we may have uh, less of a problem in the bond market uh, because KEPCO wouldn't have run up that big a loss. Mm-hmm. And right now, the uh, KEPCO, in terms of operating uh, profits, in terms of just producing electricity, they seem to be in the black because oil prices have fallen from the highs of last year. Uh, but they still have that losses of last year that they have to pay back. So it's still causing problems in the bond market. Uh, so that is a uh, negative consequence of government keeping the price of electricity down too long. Mm-hmm. And then another subtle point is that you mentioned exchange rates. Unlike most goods, OPEC countries have agreed to price oil not in their domestic currencies, but in U.S. dollars. Mm-hmm. So transactions for oil are made in U.S. dollars. Uh, so uh, increase in price of oil may drive up global demand for dollars as well, and it ends up strengthening the dollar. This is not an intended effect by OPEC, but usually the and usually the effect is not large enough to be felt. Uh, but with the current strengthening of the dollar, because the U.S. is right now the only economy which is experiencing a strong growth, uh, this type of uh, additional uh, uh, strength coming from uh, the uh, sales of oil may be making oil, uh, U.S. dollar even stronger. Mm. Rising oil prices are poised to hit the average Korean citizen preparing for the Chuseok holiday even harder. The sharp rise in oil prices come on top of that's already, as we've talked about on the segment, high prices for fresh produce. So what's your projection of Korea's inflation trend until the year end? And would higher prices, uh, oil prices, force the BOK to announce a tighter monetary policy, Dr. Young? Okay, well, prices always rise before Chuseok and the Lunar New Year. Uh, this is the same every year, whether we have high or low oil prices, uh, because the uh, price increase before uh, Chuseok and Lunar New Year's is driven most by agricultural prices, which is actually ironic for Chuseok because the holiday was originally intended to celebrate the harvest. <laughs> so uh, it should be a period where you have the largest supply of agricultural goods, and it should be at the cheapest. But if you look at the uh, statistics for the uh, last a couple of decades, uh, Chuseok is when the agricultural goods prices are the highest. Mm. People usually interpret this as saying that there's a lot of demand for agricultural goods uh, just before Chuseok, uh, partially because of all the gift-giving. I'm not sure if I'm completely convinced that is the reason. Mm. Uh, But uh, August Consumer Price Index report shows that Korea uh, is following the same pattern, uh, but this time it's a lot higher than usual. Again, not necessarily because of oil, the oil contributed, but mostly because of uh, vegetable prices. Um, hmm. Now, the interesting thing is, I think I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago, if you compare vegetable prices uh, this August from last August, the statistics show that prices actually fell by about 1.1%. So compared to last Chuseok, uh, the uh, vegetable prices are actually cheaper. But if you compare it to this July, so just uh, change of prices over one month, then it's a whopping 
15, uh, 16.5%, uh, which is why people are complaining. They do not remember the prices a year ago. They only remember the prices from a month ago. And the right. national prices have really skyrocketed in the past few weeks. And that's partially because of the what happens to before Chuseok. And it's also partially because of uh, the uh, weird weather that we had in Korea during the summer. Mm-hmm. Very much rain. Uh, very hot. And it's not only in Korea, it's global. So uh, we can't really import our way out of this problem. Uh, And uh, luckily, if we look at this typical pattern, then after Chuseok, inflation for food drops considerably. And usually it also goes into negative. Uh, So the uh, inflation eases after Chuseok and uh, Lunar New Year's. so we should be looking at a price fall. Uh, I, uh, because the uh, food prices have risen so much, I do not expect oil prices to change that pattern. Uh, but depending on how quickly the oil prices rise, uh, we, may see a, uh, we may see the overall inflation fall down uh, less quickly than we see in the past years. But we should see at least some relief in mm. inflation front at least if you consider all the goods together. And our final question for the day, we want to take a look at what's to be expected in South Korea's trade overall. Uh, South Korea trade a, a logged a current account surplus for the third straight month in July, reaching nearly $3.6 billion. But the cumulative current account surplus from January to July stood at slightly over $6 billion, down by a whopping 77% compared to the same period last year. So, Dr. Yang, how would high oil prices shape Korea's trade for the remainder of the year, given our country imports... 90% of that energy supply. Okay, not only does Korea import 90% of its oil, uh, oil supply, mm. but a lot of that oil imports are actually used for exports. Korea is a major exporter of petroleum products, petrochemicals. A uh, lot of our industry, even though we do not produce any oil ourselves, is processing that oil into uh, refined oil like gasoline or jet fuels and making goods out of those oil, uh, polyester and so on. Uh, So uh, it affects both our exports and imports. What happened last year was because of this uh, global inflation and largely because of high oil prices, not only did we have very large imports, we also had very large exports for both. So for uh, export value and import value, uh, Korea's numbers were the highest in history last year. So uh, even though we had a trade deficit and a current account deficit last year, our uh, export and import numbers were actually incredibly large. Mm. So in some sense, because oil prices fell this year, petrochemical and uh, petroleum product prices fell as well. So there was virtually no way that we could have a larger uh, export value and import value this year. Now, the problem is we import oil not only to make export products, but also for domestic use. So when the oil prices go up, our import value goes up faster than the export value, which is why we ended up with a trade uh, deficit mm-hmm. for last year. Uh, this is also partially why, uh, even though we started having a trade surplus beginning in uh, July this year, uh, the August numbers uh, show that the uh, trade def- uh, trade surplus went down compared to July, and that's because uh, oil prices have risen somewhat uh, in the uh, month of August, 
So that increased the value of uh, our imports and reduced our trade surplus. And that's probably what's going to happen for the rest of the year as well. Uh, I'm not convinced that the oil prices are going to remain at this level. I think uh, it may rise a bit more, but then start falling. Mm. Uh, And uh, by then, uh, if the oil prices start falling, we may have higher trade surpluses. But I don't think the uh, trade surplus in the rest of the year is going to be enough to turn around the uh, trade deficit that we piled up for the early half of the year. Uh, So for the year as a whole, I am expecting a trade deficit. So if you look at month for month, I'm still expecting trade surpluses until the end of the year. All right. Thank you very much, Dr. Young, for today's insights. We'll speak to you again next week. Thank you. If you're listening to our program using the podcast service, just a reminder that we do go live Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Korea Standard Time. So tune in and help us make the show more informative by giving us your input. See you bright and early on Good Morning Seoul.